0: Welcome to the Upsiders podcast, my name is Victoria Jones and I'm in the business of empowering people to become successful business owners. Through this podcast I want to equip you with the knowledge and inspiration needed to kickstart your business, build your brand and begin your entrepreneurial journey. I'll be interviewing the world's most successful business leaders, innovators and influencers. We'll delve deep into how they launch their business, the tips they've learned along the way and reveal what it takes to succeed. Today, I'm interviewing Jai Smith about how to start your own podcast. Many of you have asked me how I started the Upsiders podcast and it was thanks to Jai who helped me develop my idea, get me set up with all the right equipment and taught me all the tech side of getting the sound right and editing it, which I know can sound quite scary for lots of people. (laughs) Um, He also gave me the confidence to do the whole thing by myself from setting up the interviews, the editing and post-production, which has made it a lot more affordable and more efficient to produce without having to rally a big team behind me each time I want to do an interview you. So we're going to share these tips on getting you started and launching your own podcast today too. To give you a bit of a background about Jai as well as being a podcast producer he is also a creative strategist specializing in brand communications and ideation. He consults to large-scale corporates and startups about bringing ideas to life. He's worked um, as a general manager and head of strategy at Red Engine, director of brand and marketing at PwC, and head of digital at Weber Shandwick. So super experienced in the advertising and marketing space before launching his own agency, Your are Good, Get Better, last year, as well as a host of other businesses we'll talk about later in the show. In his spare time, he produces his own podcast, Maker and Creator, with the super talented Alex Adams, who many of you um, know as Miss Darlinghurst or might have been to one of her secret foodie events and previously produced the Better In Bed podcast with sex coach Sarah Sense, which sounds like lots of fun. I remember you told me that actually <laughs> when I first met you and we were yeah. sussing out whether to work together. That yeah. just
1: hit 50,000 downloads actually. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like it just – it just people just keep listening to it. It's a really it – and love- that's mainly season one. Like that was – we we finished season one years ago and it just – ticked over i like think it was just huge sleep.
0: what were the were they the ones with the the most um revealing topics or? they were
1: um yeah the, the probably the 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 more unusual or the more um more intimate the topic they went straight to the straight yeah. to the top
0: what was the most searched topic or the the yeah the highest download
1: uh female ejaculation <laughs> ah, right okay <laughs> cuz it's uh, it's a bit of a mystery box and uh yeah no pun intended. really oh, uh, I've used the wrong <laughs> the, the wrong phrase there but uh <laughs> yeah so uh, that one and then the what was it called the one on penises because it's just mainly yeah anything to, to do with penises it was our third episode it was like let's just talk about the penis for 2 hours so wow. yeah
0: did you ever get not get a, oh, sorry, <laughs> not get a hard Well, not get did you ever get um Nervous or uh, oh, yeah. awkward. You,
1: people used to say the first 12 are their favourite because we're both quite nervous while we're doing it. Yeah. And by the tw- – because we did 21 or 22 episodes together, by the end we're not nervous at all. But it they the ones where we were nervous are a lot more interesting because they're a little more personable. And yeah. And we really saw how we dealt with those things.
0: And would you get subjects to talk about these topics, or it would literally just be? Oh no! So Sarah Sarah's
1: amazing at planning them all out. She did a lot of research before every topic. I was literally this there as you know, kind of the 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 uh, the the comic relief, or <laughs> yeah. the, like just because it, it can get quite tense. Yeah. So you kind of need the levity, but also um, having the the male point of view was really important. Um, yeah. And I think it still is because a lot of those a lot of podcasts about sex. You know, uh, quite rightly, uh, you know, by women for women. But sometimes the the topic isn't as well rounded without kind of the male perspective, especially if it's a mainly hetero audience, which ours were was just being in um, Asia.
0: Yeah, interesting. Mm. So you're not involved in that anymore?
1: No, just, just 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 a fan now. You
0: yeah, know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyone listening should have a, have a listen, better and better. Have a
1: listen after you meet me, because some people listen to it before they meet me for like like a piece of work or a consultation. Like, oh, so I listened to your podcast. I'm like, oh, which one? Like better and Bed, and then both of us kind of blush a it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that, you we never that,
0: know which episode. Yeah, I'm like, no, oh, you know, intimate <laughs> details about my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It needs to be talked about more. Yeah become less awkward then that's like the girl downstairs was talking about starting a mental health mm. podcast and I know there's a few out there but just um, that's why I love podcasts it's all about getting a message out there or sharing you know sharing things that other people might be too afraid to talk about
1: and that's it it's a very private medium it's in your ear and no one else can listen to it but your the podcast host can delve into something that you can't talk about or mightn't feel like you can talk about openly yeah and it breaks down a lot of barriers that way and it allows you to know the language around conversation and when people talk about you know making this conversation normal podcasts have a huge role in that because the reason people find it awkward to talk about sex or awkward to talk about mental health is because they don't have the language to do it because it's not you don't talk about it every day so you can't talk about very intimate things easily so if you listen to a podcast about it it gives you those tools and that taxonomy to be able to go oh i can have a conversation about something i previously couldn't because I've heard yeah, about it from true. example for a long time.
0: Yeah. Is that what attracted you to podcasts? Like what? how did you even – because um, you were one of the first people yeah. doing it, weren't you? Or to, you know, it's only sort of now that everyone seems to be having a podcast and launching one.
1: We were right on the cusp. Like, Yeah. We started in 2016, I think, uh, or 2017. So, yeah, no, actually 2016. So we were right on the cusp of just when it was about to really take over. Yeah. Um and I think I'd always wanted to produce one. And in fact, my roommate at the time, for my birthday, bought me a microphone and recording equipment. He's a film director, uh guy said, named said, just do it. Yeah. A guy named Eddie, who I actually interviewed um for our podcast as well. But um he said, just go and do it. Like just he and he bought me this, the equipment you're using right now is yeah. the, is the equipment he bought me because again he he's a big technology nerd and knew exactly what to get. And it was really it was. A, it was. A, I, I'm nervous on, on camera. I don't yeah. like having a video camera, and it's it's just total self consciousness and a bit of vanity. Of I talk for a living as a you know advertising you know jazz hands magician, but yeah. um, it's just a different thing when I know I've got a camera on. Me, it really puts me off. But podcasts allow me to talk about things in detail and in depth, and also because I was never much of a writer until last couple of years, so yeah. I couldn't really write about things either.
0: So it's nice with the whole audio thing. I Mm. I don't have time to read books anymore, so I listen to them. But I think
1: that – did you always say like, oh, I'm a visual person? Because I always thought I was and suddenly I realised I'm not. I'm a total audio person.
0: Ah, I never even knew that. was. I thought it was either visual. um, I never really thought of saying audio as well. But, yeah, I love it because you can listen. I haven't read a book for years now since Audible came out. Well, I like the fact you can do stuff on the go, like I can <laughs> play with my baby and yeah. also be educating myself, so I don't go... Like even now, when I went
1: to get some extra batteries, like I put a podcast straight back in, like, because I'm like, oh, I just need to hear the end of the story. Like, what are they talking about Ah, now?
0: that's why you took a bit longer. Mm. No. <laughs> I'm just yeah. waiting around downstairs. <laughs> yeah. Side note, yeah. I um, ran out of batteries as we started the interview. So <laughs> for anyone that wants to start, uh, make sure you have a spare pack. It, I've also, I should have learnt, because when I interviewed Bondi Harvest, he, um, we had to stop, and he, he was so nice. He was like, don't worry, and I was running around all the new ge- news agents in Bondi trying to find them, so yeah. always keep us there. <laughs> First tip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, what do you think makes a good podcast? For anyone listening that's thinking about it, you know, what what? Do, yeah, yeah. What Yeah, does make a good one?
1: So at the moment, um, when I meet somebody who wants to make a podcast, the quickest thing I ask them is, well, what do you listen to? I've never actually. Sarah is probably the only person who didn't listen to podcasts, and I'm not even sure if she she does.
0: She's the sex coach, yeah, isn't she? Yeah. yeah, and
1: she doesn't listen to podcasts, and she'd never listen to the one. And Alex, for instance, doesn't like my favorite podcast, Alex Adams. Who I yeah, make her credit. She hates. She hates the one that's my favorite. Interesting.
0: Um, so it's really yeah. It's incredibly personal.
1: personal. And for for me, what makes a good podcast is that it's got to match taste for your audience. And I don't mean in the marketing sense of, you know, know what your audience is and then make it to them. But if you can't listen to it or you don't know the style you like, yeah. then then that's what you need to identify first. What's what's the style of a podcast? Where podcasts go wrong is if they switch style from time to time. Yeah. So if you have a formal, you know, if you have an interview style podcast like we're doing now, which is – you know, fairly off the cuff. There's some guiding materials. That's that's generally what most people can listen to because it feels like you're listening, listening yeah. to a meeting next door. But if you're... If you want something more structured like NPR or if you want something that's quite like a radio play like what's NPR? So NPR is um, one of the biggest podcasts and, and radio networks in America. Okay. But everyone makes fun of it because all the cont- all the hosts sound like they're whispering into the microphone and like there's always jazz flute in the background. it's oh, very, really very highbrow, you know yeah. it's like it's like, oh welcome to NPR. You know? <laughs> it's all it's, it's it's a lot of wank. yeah. whereas what I listen to is incredibly conversational but fact driven. Yeah. Whereas, you know, um, I'm not a big fan of um, fictional podcasts. They don't really interest me. Oh no,
0: people love them. Yeah, I, just, I know. I hate well, them. I can't stand And the it. crime ones. My friend's obsessed with all the crime ones.
1: See, crime, crime know. is like has then subgenres underneath it. Yeah. So for me, it sounds you know morbid, but I'm only into the really dark, true crime podcasts. Right. And my favorite ones are Guy in Melbourne. He's actually stopped. Um, called Felon. And his voice and his timber, because Australian accents are hard to get used to as well. Yeah, um, it's just perfect. He's uh, it's just him reading, but that's totally different than an interview style true crime podcast. Like, um, there's an ABC one that uh, "Monsters Who Murder." Honestly, I can't stand the pair of them. It sounds like it's like your uncle and auntie shouting in the <laughs> kitchen talking about something. It's like they're so emotionally involved in the story, and some people really like that but yep. I can't stand it. I'm like, I just want the facts read to me like a book.
0: Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Cause I quite like the factual ones or just, I don't really like that. My dad started a porno no. one, which sounds awful. I'm sure so many people listening love it, but I just found it a oh. bit annoying. It was yeah. too much chitter chatter. Yeah. And I always, I feel like I want to learn something
1: from a podcast, which is what, it, and this is how specific it gets is because the podcast that I, my favorite podcast is called do go on. It's by three comedians in Melbourne. And it's called Do Go On because they get distracted along the way of telling a story. But they've written a, like a school report. So, they just did one on Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And so, they're getting through it. But they're three comedians. So, they're making jokes the whole way. And Alex is like, that's the thing I can't stand. And I'm like, that's the reason I listen. Because you're listening for the tangents. But then, likewise, like my dad ma- my dad made a porno. I can't stand it. So, it's really subtle. Yeah. Like what you'll buy into and what you won't. And So... so- yeah. yeah, when you're making one, just know what you want.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, so there's no kind of hard and fast rule of what Absolutely makes a good no. one. It's just maybe do what you like. Because mm. I, I think I like listening to interviews. I like learning something. So I started a podcast where I could hopefully teach people something, educate them about business and interview interesting people. Yep. Um, so maybe that's how people can approach it. Like what do you What do you enjoy? listen to? Look at your yeah. three
1: top, then write down their story structure. How many guests, sorry, how many interviews to guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Does Are the questions, you know, podcasts like this, you, you know, you don't have a, a list of questions that, you know, we wait and pause for and then you move to the next one. It's yeah. conversational. Then look at, you know, are they adding in effects? Is it done in a, like my brother listens to a, cafe, um, a podcast called Money Cafe yep. where they record it in a cafe. And all I sit there and think is how awful is this audio? The mic sound cheap. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear this every time somebody puts a cup down like that. Really gri- like grinds me. But you know, he doesn't even he doesn't even hear it anymore. Yeah. Every day he's listening to forty five minutes about you know how to manage your money and economic update. It's so boring and it's so irritating. But, but he, loves he loves it, it. Yeah, and he's a cop, so it's you know, it's totally different again. Like. <laughs> yeah,
0: wow, you're very different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's good advice then. So, mm. yeah. Do something that you love and, yeah, pick a style. Yep. And and just learn style. to
1: recognise styles, you know? Yeah.
0: And what about refining your idea? Like, you know, if there's lots mm. of, say, the girl that wants to start a mental health when she was like, there's already ones about mental health. There's probably
1: a thousand. But, yeah. Think, no.
0: But then that shouldn't stop you. should It's no. like, say, I'm not going to start a business because there's already one out there. Exactly. You'll put your own spin on it. Um Would you say still go for it, but maybe think of like a bit of a different angle or different guests you could get on?
1: It's like producing music. There is enough, you know, I listen to heavy metal. There's enough heavy metal bands out there to last you forever. Yeah. But you are attracted to some because of their take on something. Yeah. And so if if you imagine the topic is just your genre, but how you make up your band is really specific to you. So, there's enough pop artists out there. It's probably an even bigger one. But, you know, you might be a Justin Bieber fan and not an Ariana Grande fan. Yeah. Um, and to to overengineer why and why not is probably too much. But that's where it comes back to you as an individual. And I think most podcasts are built on that cult of personality. Yeah. So, I know there are people out there who just couldn't stand better in bed, either because of me and Sarah or because of one of us or because of both of us together. And that's fine. You just need to accept that. Yeah, you've Um, got to
0: be, I think if you're trying to be something to everyone, you'll be quite bland. You've got to, people are going to love you or hate you, aren't they? And that's not a bad thing. It shows you're doing something Mm. that's really true for yourself, I think.
1: Like maker and creator was always about, I had a collection of unusual friends who did amazing things. And I'm like, I just want to talk to you about your creative process. And then, you know, even Steve, I was with this morning, he was episode number three. And his comment then became more broader about not only making coffee for people and creating cafes, but how do you create cafe culture and what does that mean? And so then you realise that our way in was talk about the person behind the creativity, yeah. but then get them to talk about their impact on culture. And if you're that specific and if you can create an angle for yourself, no matter where the interview or the podcast is going, you can, you can circle back to it. Yeah. So mental health is an enormous topic. It's you know It's, it's a topic just as big as sex, but... What's your take on it and what part fascinates you as an individual? Like there are enough true crime podcasts out there to last forever because there's enough crime out there, but everyone covers the same stories, but their take on it will be very, very different. And so that's the thing. There's enough, you know, if if you want to write a book, write a book. It doesn't matter if there's more books out there.
0: Yeah, Mm. you'll put your own spin on it. And that creative, because some people um, might not see themselves as a creative type, What's the kind of creative process, or how can you, how can people get into that headspace of being a more creative, or, you know, I've, I have times where I feel more creative than others. Yeah. there's a great What's, book
1: called When, and it talks about your crew. Like, so basically, we work eight hours a day because of uh, the Industrial Revolution and factories. So that was the light, in, the best light in the day. You'd turn up, you'd work as long as you could, and again, this is kind of a yeah. Uh, really a a British imperialism thing where, you know, obviously you can get more hours in a day in somewhere like Australia where the days are longer. Yeah. But if you go back to London the middle of winter, you probably can't. And so we still work eight hours a day based on that model, you know, right up until the end of the Second World War. But creative work isn't around working for eight hours and being creative for eight hours. You might be creative for two hours in the morning and two hours at the end of the night, or some people just work in the middle of the night and that's when they get their most creative work done. So identifying when you feel inspired, not even creative, but when do you feel inspired to do something is really important to take advantage of. Is podcasting a creative medium? Is and that's the other thing, I'm like, you know, talking to journalists, talking to any journalist, I'm like, I, I sometimes ask them like, Do you do you think you're creative? And half of them say no. And I'm like, what do you mean? You create story, like that is that is creativity. So I often find people who want to start a podcast are already creative in some field, even if they don't recognize it. Yeah. What's missing is a format or a framework to spit that creativity out in. So if you're mapping, if you're thinking about doing a podcast, you're like, oh, I'm not really creative. Map out. Well, what's the story you actually want to talk about every time? Just say, how do you open it? What's the conversation in the middle? And how would you finish it? And all stories are built on this idea of change. So you've got a protagonist, they go through something, they meet adversity, and then they overcome it or they don't. And yeah. then, it, then it ends. That's the principle of storytelling. And so for interviews, it's like, hey, here's here's the setup. Here's an introduction in act one. Act two is, well, what happened? What was the change that you went through? So starting a business, not starting a business, yeah. screwing it all up. <laughs> and then the final is like, where are you now? And that's that's a story principle. And so for people who tell me they're not creative, I'm like, just write me a story. Like, I don't know where to start. I'm like, well, something is set up, something happens, and then something has changed that didn't happen before.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way. And that's how you help me. It's like, okay, get your interest right? Mm-hmm. So um, I say the same intro each time for the podcast. So maybe write an intro of what the podcast is about and what you're wanting to do for your listeners. And then, yeah, that structure. And then I think you gave me a good tip, which I now do, is have like a little quirky thing that you do at the end, yep. whether it's five questions or you ask them the same thing or you get them to do a dance or I don't know, yeah. something. <laughs> maybe, something <laughs> maybe not a dance not on a, a podcast. Dance, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something that comes across well on a podcast, but something that just sort of brings it all together at the end and then an outro and that's your structure.
1: And that's it. That sounds like a process, but it's a creative process and that's why it's important.
0: Yeah. And I know before each of the interviews, I do research obviously on who Mm. I'm interviewing and approach them. Like I have, you know, I have approached pr- pr- so many people that haven't got back to me as well. Like I've Jacinda Ardern, <laughs> the New Zealand Prime Minister. She still hasn't replied. <laughs> just a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. She'll give in. Yeah, Lee Sales from the ABC, mm-hmm. um, oh, 7.30. Yeah. That'd be great. She, she gave me a really good no, actually. It was like she was overcommitted and I was probably being palmed off. But it was just – it was a nice way of saying oh, – She bothered to write back, I think, or yeah, something. I always think that's nice. So I think, yeah, if you are getting guests on your show, just – you know, having a set email and obviously making it personal yeah. to them to try and get them on board too.
1: And I think, you know, you've, you've made a really good point of accepting accepting that you won't always get people on the show that you want. Yeah. You know, like it, some, some people are busy, some people get requested all the time. Sometimes you just don't have enough credibility yet, but don't ask for the credibility you have now. Ask for the credibility you want. Like it's, it's so easy to ask somebody and most people will say yes.
0: Yeah, like, I think so. I think most people, they like, it's maybe – you know, a bit of an ego thing or they mm. just like to be recognised for what they've done.
1: Or well, some people just love podcasts and have always wanted to do one. That's yeah. the other thing I find like, oh, I've never done this before. I really want to be able yeah. to do
0: it. I've had that people come on the show because they want to start their own. So they're like, <laughs> how have you done this? And they bought the assistant and yeah. then she's watched the whole thing. Like, okay, is that how it all works? There's so, uh, there's
1: so much stuff people don't see around it. And it's like, oh, yeah, like looking at rooms. All I do is, have you started doing that? Look, walking to rooms thinking, oh, yeah, it sounds okay in here. Yeah, Like just my daily life. I look at rooms now and I'm like, that's such a waste of my energy. But I just I just like doing it. <laughs> you now. can't help it, can you? Yeah.
0: But yeah, even setting up, you taught me like you go diagonal to someone. Well, just asymmetrical. Asymmetrical in a room, yeah. Yeah. And it just helps with the sound. The sound is something that I would say to everyone from the tech side. (laughs) That's what I've struggled with. That's hard, I think, to get Mm. right. And I know you've helped me like set up and show me some editing things. But that is something that annoys me with sound. I know there's a few of my podcasts where the sound hasn't been perfect because I haven't Set up the room correctly. It's been echoey,
1: and also it's hard. That takes practice. Like I think the reason I got into podcasting quickly with the technical side was because I used to record bands, you know, since I was a teenager. So I think I bought my first few microphones at thirteen or fourteen, set them up through a mixing desk, and then learnt sound engineering just on the fly. Yeah, and had some great teachers, and then like I think that was my. I I went did work experience at a at a live stage, and like that, I was just obsessed with sound. So now to get a really good ear for it, you it, you need to tune it in. Yeah. And, and listen. Yeah, yeah, I remember
0: things. In, when I used to them in my Bondi apartment, you picked mm. up on the, the ocean in the yeah. background. I was like, oh, it's just become <laughs> – <Yeah. laughs> I don't hear it anymore. So you're really good at picking up.
1: The other thing too is not everyone listens to the podcast one after the other and can hear the difference that you as the editor or the host hears. So you've listened to them all intently. But yeah. for your listener, like a, there's a slight echo in this room and now that I've said that, they'll hear that. But they wouldn't have heard it before because it's um, you become deaf to things you hear all the time, right? Okay. But then also, once you point it out, they'll they'll be conscious of it, and then it'll go away again because they'll just hear it and they'll they'll become un- unconscious of it as well. But if you listen to podcasts or podcasts or podcasts, you'll notice the difference straight away.
0: Yeah. So, what would you say on that tech side? Like a few people have said they want to start, but they're scared about <laughs> the editing, or they'd need a producer there all the time. And I think. You know, you obviously taught me and we had a few mm. sessions, so I knew how to do it myself. But in terms of buying equipment, editing.
1: Yeah, how- I think if you're going to – I did see this advice written, Sam. I think if you're going to buy equipment, make sure you want to do it or make sure you've got another use for it. Like, you know, I, I think equipment, you know, the, especially the equipment that, you know, we sorted out for you is, is perfect and it holds its resale value. But it's one of the bigger commitments that you'll make.
0: But I think it was was it a grand and a half, yeah. I think? I, I don't yeah. think it was fifteen hundred in the end. Oh maybe yeah. with the headphones it was, yeah. I think it was about a grand and a half. But it's been totally worth it because I haven't actually used it for anything else yeah. um yet.
1: But that's it because, because you're committed to the podcast. You it's know, worth it's it's it, worth yeah. it. But it'll last this will last you for your entire life. Like there's No I've got it, to keep doing this for yeah. my entire life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like it's fine, like you think about, you know, when I was a kid, maybe it's just because I was a bit of a strange kid, but I got a voice recorder for like my eighth or ninth birthday. Like that's how long I've been obsessed with Gosh, recording. Okay. But my dad used to think it was hilarious that, you know, just playing back voices and I'd make these little radio plays and everything like that. And, you know, I was, I left my equipment out for my younger cousins. They were 10 and 12. I said, yeah, you can make something on it. And then, it's something you can pass on. It's really interesting, just this idea of audio and you know recording yourself. Like kids do it with phones now because of the video cameras, but yeah. you know you'll still find kids who who want to do it with audio.
0: So make it a good investment. You know if you yeah. are going to be committed to this, spend that that kind of
1: money on it's worth. Equipment. Like yeah, five hundred dollars gets you nonsense stuff that just sounds terrible. A uh, thousand bucks gets you stuff that'll last you for your life. And I think the trick with buying it is. Just getting exactly what you need, knowing the rooms you'll be in, and it sounds complicated, but it's re- there's really not that many options. Like you know, headphones. I only recommend Sennheisers. They're just good headphones. They come in lots of different. You know, they. I just picked up two for my co host They're seventy nine dollars, and they're they're almost perfect. Then for my headphones, I'm a bit fussier, so I spend three hundred three hundred fifty dollars on them. Yeah, but for microphones, I just buy Rode microphones. Uh, the Procaster, which you've got now, is, is a perfect microphone for broadcast level. There's another version called the Podcaster instead yeah. of the Procaster that just runs in your computer. But, again, I'm fussy about that. I don't like it as much. And then for your recording interface, it's, you know, if, if anyone has GarageBand on their computer, it will work. It just depends how what level of quality production you want to get. But
0: I use the Audi- Adobe Audition. Yeah, which, and that's what I use. Yeah, and that's what mm. I found that really easy to... um. You know, once you set me up and you and knew how to to edit to cut things out because it's
1: quite visual, so you can see the conversation and you can pick the bits out that you want to cut. And, yeah. You know, once people, I think once people see it, it becomes really second nature. It's like, oh, okay, I understand how this works now. It's not, it's not overly technical. There's a lot. It's, I say it's a bit like a, um, it's a bit like a car. There are a lot of buttons, but you really don't need to push them all. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> I just yeah, stay to one side yeah. of it, and I think um, you know if people are going to use Adobe Audition. You can just Google. Um, they have really mm. good tutorials and help. So when I ever have got stuck, I just there's Google one guy
1: it. I follow. Um, I might look his name up actually, because he he's the guy actually I use to kind of do a lot of stuff with. I'll look him up while we keep going. But okay. yeah, I'll find it.
0: And with music as well, because that's something most podcasts have at the beginning, mm-hmm. don't they? Would you? How can you get tracks? Do you have to spend money on?
1: I think it's worth spending money because it gets you some really good music. Just go to premiumbeat.com. It's 50 US dollars, but it's just better music. It's well-organized. It's royalty-free. Yeah, and you can
0: just choose a little track for your... Yeah, and just pick the 15
1: or 30-second version and you're off.
0: Okay, easy. That sounds good.
1: Even for me right now, like I've got a recording studio at home and I play a lot of instruments, but I'm like, I just haven't bothered. I'll just go buy it. Yeah, okay. (laughs) It's only the, the latest one I've started making the music for, so...
0: That's even better if you can. And then, what about? Um, I mean, we've spoken a little bit about the room, and I think the environment's really important. Mm-hmm. And I know when I first started, you were saying do your podcast in the evening and have a glass of wine mm-hmm. and keep the talent relaxed. And um, I wanted to, but I was pregnant at the time. So, <laughs> so I um, didn't do that. Just a big glass of soda water. <laughs> yeah um didn't want to watch someone else get drunk <laughs> <laughs> and feel jealous but i think that's quite a good point is how are you going to what kind of environment and atmosphere you're going to create for Yeah your...
1: because it's a, it's a it's a performance and just like any meeting any kind of um any interaction like on video it's a performance and they the, the other person has to be comfortable yeah. like dragging them like I, I did one standing up the other day because I knew the person I was doing it with, she'd be absolutely fine standing up. And we just stood up and we're talking to a room anyway. I'm like, hey, I'm just going to put the mics on. Is that cool? And she was like, yeah, absolutely fine. But that's because well. I knew who she was. And I knew she's a loud presenter and I knew she, what she's going to say. Yeah. But, you know, I interviewed somebody the other day who was a scientist. And I'm like, he'd never do this. So <laughs> I took him into a meeting room because at least there he was comfortable having a conversation there. But I said to him, like, we really should be doing this over a beer. And he's like, yeah, okay, let's uh, let's just reschedule then. And he was much more comfortable all of a sudden, like instantly.
0: Interesting. So it's knowing your subject mm. really and what will make them feel yeah. comfortable.
1: And sometimes people aren't like that. Like at the moment, I'll, I'll podcasts that I do, I'll only do in the morning or at night over a glass of wine. I did one on Monday and broke my rule, did it at 5 p.m. and it was a Monday, so no one wanted a drink. And it was so stifling, like you, you could hear it. Really, like it's like, oh, everyone was a bit nervous, and, you know, it wasn't really fluid, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done this, like, just, I should have just opened the wine. that's like the <laughs> yeah, I'm like, just get yeah. it
0: open. Or even, I did interview a girl, um, Miss Wealthy, and she was like, let's Miss do... Miss Wealthy? Yeah, yeah, let's do a Tony Robbins <laughs> warm-up routine. So we both stood up, and we're doing, like... What's a Tony, Tony Robbins, warm- Robbins It's like, stunning, I need like, to... Oh,
1: uh, like an energy... Puffing I, and yeah.
0: puffing, and, yeah, just getting good energy, and I think it worked, like, it just... Yeah. You know, you've got that energy and it just kind of softens a little bit and
1: Well Tom Sigelski, who I run our workshops with, he's a he's like a master NLP practitioner. Oh yeah. And his energizers, like the workshop energizers, are amazing. But he kind of talks about the brain science behind it like shifting you into the room, into the energy, clearing your head and the ability to be able to do that physically is what really a it increases your circulation which increases your oxygen if you laugh you're taking much bigger gulps of oxygen so therefore you're thinking more clearly yeah but you're just, taking
0: more information apparently mm. if you're in that state that's um, really receptive to it yeah
1: and so he made us do like these counting games where he'd say one I'd say two he'd say three and then you keep doing that over and then I'd have to say one and then so if you were to do it say so say one one two three one Two, three, four. No, you go no, okay. one. So it focuses you really quick. Yeah, okay. And then so you to... swap them out for like a clap, a stomp, and a like a whoo And then like it, it's
0: and does it work? Did yeah, it, did it worked really feel well. A bit more...
1: Like when he started, like we hadn't talked about it before because we co-hosted. But sometimes we just bring in things randomly. It's like we kind of know what we're going to do for the day, but it, it was amazing. Everyone's energy was back, and it was good. It was a post-lunch thing, and
0: yeah, people get mm. a bit flat, don't they? So. Yeah, so maybe try that, yeah. people, if you're you know. Or do just a little- work
1: out what your your little ritual is. Like mine is, you know, maybe it shouldn't be, but mine is a massive glass of wine before yeah. I now because I've come out of work, I've been talking all day, you know, with Alex. I said I do all the podcast set up. I know I've got to edit it later. I've got to take notes. Like I'm really not in the zone yet to to think about relaxing, you know, try trying to be funny, yeah. trying to make sure that the person, I mean, you know, feels welcome, you know, making sure, like working out how tall they are, how how loud they're going to speak, what room. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about so many other things that, you know, before we sit down, I'm like, okay, let's say will just sit down because I need to finish this glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. oh, look, it's, it's a three-minute glass of wine. It's not a 30-minute glass of wine <laughs> that I'm just necking. So, you know, it's, it it's over and done with pretty quick.
0: Yeah, I think that's nice, make people – or do you know what I used to do when with James, my old business partner, we'd go into meetings – and then he would always make something because it was, you know, work, working with food brands, promoting food influences <laughs> yeah. And he would always do some home-cooked food That's or cool. something for yep. one of the influencers. And it worked so well. Like people that you'd come in, they often didn't want to be there from big agencies. But then they'd suddenly seen these homemade muffins. and well, It was rapport, right? Yeah. They mm. just soften and it just, yeah, cuts that tension yeah. away. So I think it's a good tip, isn't it? Um, and then what platforms should you use to host it? I know that you set me up with Omni. Omni, yeah. Um, and that automatically sends it out to um, iTunes, Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah, it's Omni is, is what I recommend. I yeah. think they're here in Australia, which is why I use them, because I can just ask them a question on their live they're chat. They're really responsive, aren't they, yeah. in
0: that? And it's easy to upload, and then you put your headline, your copy, and then also you can see all the downloads, yeah. which is interesting. And you can see when people have dropped off, yeah. got bored. Or-
1: I'm, always, I'm always, you know, everyone admits that podcast analytics are a bit um, bit vague. Like the, right. that drop-off, for instance, nobody's really sure if that's accurate. Yeah,
0: because how do you monitor? Is that so someone?
1: You, you only can monitor if someone's streaming it and their phone has stopped before a certain point downloading more content. And then I think now you can get some meta tags, which allows you to see if someone's got it. As long as they're using iTunes, it'll send it back, but it won't work on Spotify. Like it's it's all a bit vague. So right, use, okay. Yeah, so it's handy, but Omni's interface, their customer service is all you know, really top-notch. The other one I used for me and Sarah was for Better Embed was uh, Libsyn. Yeah. Good service, but the user interface makes it feel like a 2005 website, but cheaper.
0: Okay. Well, I think Omni's good, mm. and it's free, isn't it?
1: I it's free because you're, you're on my account. But
0: oh, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank yeah. you. If you're my client, so I just leave on my account. I'm like, ah, oh, it's fine. Work with Doesn't Jai really, yeah. <laughs> gets
1: get some free hosting. <laughs> yeah, Acast is the big one in Australia that you'll hear a Acast, lot about. Yeah, I've heard that. It's it's a media agency, so I'm always a little like, ah, you know, unless you're buying media, I wouldn't bother.
0: Yeah, and then what about? Um, I just thought about it. Oh, I should that, explain that yeah.
1: the hosting is like a website host that allows you to host the actual audio file and then they automatically distribute it to the different networks. So you don't upload it to iTunes, you don't upload it to Spotify, you upload it to one of these platforms and they take care of the rest for you. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then what about some of these other, like there's Podcasts Australia, Podcast One. Mm. They're not host platforms. Are they more like publishers of multiple? Yeah.
1: They're, they're media houses essentially. Like they're, they're publishers with a recording studio, especially Podcast One.
0: And they just would help people with their podcast
1: and yeah. promote it. It's about it. 600 or 700 bucks an episode though.
0: Wow, okay. Yeah. Oh, you don't need to do no. that. No, just promote it yourself. I mean, are there any other tips for promoting it and getting it out there?
1: It's hard. It's really hard. Like, don't be discouraged if your first one's twenty or thirty. Like, it's kind of your friends and family, and that's where it's got to begin. But yeah. it, it's a it's a really big growth thing. You need to work at it. You need to publish it. Get your interviewees to publish it. Um, just, just yeah, I think
0: interviewing it. people that you know also have a following because yeah. then they'll share it too.
1: And our one last year, like, our most popular one was Commando Steve, just because he's got the biggest footprint, and he's you know no one had ever really spoken to him about the stuff we spoke about. So yeah. You know, no one talks. Ask Steve about you know his mindfulness and his really deep centered idea of who he is, and you know, without all the commando shit around it. Sorry, right, I don't interesting. Know if you can swear on your podcast, yeah. no, you can. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so that you know, a good angle and a good celebrity or a good personality is, is yeah, a pretty it's good. tight mix.
0: Well, I interviewed Lola Berry, oh, and yep. um yeah, she's got a big following, yeah. and then she shared it, and then. Um, even just not on the podcast, but on my Instagram as well, then I got a boost in followers. So I think it just for your entire brand, mm. it's good in that respect. Yeah. Um and in terms of like a good benchmark to get for per episode, I'm asking this for myself as well. <laughs> What would be a good number There's no
1: benchmark. There's, there's really not. Like so Better in Bed, we got thousands a week. Like it was just, it was really good. And it had always been strong. But it's, we're talking about sex, we're cheating. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. we talk about, especially like, you know, we talked about BDSM. We talk about open relationships, like topics that people are like, you guys will talk about this? Like, yeah, we'll talk about it. And like every guest we had was really good. Yeah. Sarah's got a massive following now. You know, she's got a couple of, you know, well over 10,000 on Instagram now. Her newsletter, I'm sure, is in the thousands as well.
0: Yeah, well, that's another medium, promoter mm-hmm. on your newsletter. So, I'm right? just
1: starting my newsletter and it's the same grind. It's exactly like the podcast grind, but it's like, well, you know, what what's satisfying for you? Like, for me, making creator is a passion project for Alex and I. It's a great door opener, you know, we get... I don't even know anymore. I don't really check it. I don't, and that's the other thing. I don't check Make and Creator anymore. I think as long as we get 500 listens on the release date, I'm like, oh, that was a good one. Yeah. If it's a couple of hundred. I'm like, oh, okay, that's all right. But. If it's Alex doesn't promote it, and I gonna say this on the air, yeah, if she doesn't promote it, we don't really get nearly as much. Right, okay. And so well, she to, has a big following. Mm, and it's show. got to be her as an individual, not through e-drink play or not through secret Right, parties. okay. So you, you'll learn really quickly what triggers it. But, like, you know, I say good, if, you, if you get 50 people listening a week, yeah. that's 50 people who are listening to you talk about whatever the hell you're talking about. Yeah, and, and,
0: um, and I think it's good if you're doing what you want to do, which for me it's to educate people, inspire them to start their own mm. business. If someone off the back of it is inspired to do that or start well, researching, did. that's why I did it. Oh, <laughs> okay. After that's our good. conversation, <laughs> well, I think that's then I've done my job, and mm. it's um, and also like you said, it's good um, for opening doors. Like yeah. I, I wanted to work with Arnotts to get some mm. some more money in the door, and this event, yeah, <laughs> just thought I was doing more influencer uh, marketing and. So I said to the brand manager, "Oh, I'd love to interview my podcast," and she was super flattered. And yes, and then I was like, "Oh, and also, do you have any brand money?" Brand managers say quicker than <laughs> quicker yes yeah. than else. So I think else. it's mm. yeah, see it as maybe a door opener for your business too.
1: And that's it for like the entrepreneurial circles. There's, it's not as big as you know a true crime podcast, and nor should it be. Yeah, and that's it. Like if. If you get 20 listens a week, if you do, you know, there's a podcast I listen to. It's a group of kids, not kids, they're definitely adults, who play Dungeons and Dragons and you can just listen to their games. There couldn't be many of us listening to these three-hour-long episodes around them, you know, know, playing make-believe. It's a really niche audience, but, (laughs) you know.
0: (laughs) But it works. It's finding that, um, yeah, finding your audience and – and I think consistency is key, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which is like doing one a week, or if you can't commit to that, do one every fortnight, um, or do like you said, two se- seasons. Mm. So you do a season, and interview everyone for that, or produce all the episodes for one season, which would be say twelve episodes. Then give yourself a break. Yeah, and exactly. Then go and do
1: another. And me and Alex season. take a break. We only do twenty a year now.
0: Do you? Yeah. Yes. Well, that's more manageable. So we're just it? tired.
1: It's like yeah. Alex is so busy. So.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um, And then just moving on from podcasts, so you started your own business, Mm -hmm. which I know lots of people here have done or want to do. Um, What did you make, made you take that leap of faith and go, right, I'm just going to go out on my own?
1: So after we spoke, originally when we set up your podcast, I think we were having a couple of conversations. Well, actually, I sat in on a few, when I was producing a couple of your episodes. Yeah. And it was, and it sounds cliche, but it was all those stories around that final push. And sometimes it is just someone telling you something that inspires you or telling you something that makes the fear okay. Yeah. That that really gets you out the door. I think for me what was different in May last year was that I suddenly realized that what I was doing in, you know, working in strategy and advertising is fairly specific, but also there's not a lot of people out there who can do it. So it was I, I worked out a way I could get a soft landing by leaving because I built a network within Australia around the advertising industry that said, okay, look, I'm thinking about going out on my own. You know, I'd be interested in working with, you know, agency X or agency Y. You know, is that something we could talk about quite quickly? And everyone's like, yep, straight away, just let me know when you're released from your contract. Yeah. And suddenly you're like, okay, I can go and do this. What I didn't expect to happen was for giving me that space and time around myself, not working for an organization, you know, kind of being your own boss is that your level of creativity or your level of unconscious kind of motivation is it just triples and quadruples so quickly. So suddenly I'd started three or four different businesses because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, I got, you know, I may as well just do it. And I'd be working the longest days, but none of it would feel like work. I just you was so energized. Made, yeah
0: Yeah. That's what Rich says to me. You're still <clears throat> working tonight. You've had no sleep with, you know, mm. looking after babies as well. But I feel so energized when I'm working. 100%. And I think if if you find something you really love doing. Yeah. You do work. Yeah, I I woke up like at four
1: a.m. and I'm like, "Oh, I should go and do this." And I'm like, "Oh, I've got a bit of you know, I've got to open zero and do some you know accounting." And uh, I didn't really mind. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I should probably sort this out." Or yeah, and then I went and wrote you know, a deck for another agency, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I've got all that done." Went back to bed. And
0: well, that's the nice thing that like you say you you can find out not only when you're most inspired mm. or your creative juices are flowing, but you can also find out when your best yeah. working hours are. And for me, it's not eight till five. No, it's really early in the morning and then later at night.
1: And that's what I'm finding. I've suddenly got this new night shift idea in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can go and work a bit at nighttime after dinner. And I never did that before.
0: Yeah. Never would I ever We're do so that. Well, are so burnt out and exhausted.
1: Yeah, and I'm just I'm, – I'm really, a, really a morning person. Like I do all my best work in the morning – like today I'll finish at midday and I'll just go and watch go and Netflix for six hours. Like yeah. I'll just, I'll just, you know, make myself a nest at home and <laughs> yeah. really, but it's also allows me c- to consume so much more content. I have to kind of do with what I kind of do for work. And yeah, um, it's, it just gives you your time back and it gives you, lets you do the things you want to do.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then also like the freedom now, because there's so much work online, being able to work, work abroad. That was mm. a big thing for me, I think just working from wherever you want to work. You yeah. have that freedom.
1: I find I'm still, and that's where I'm trying to, like one of the other, I'm bringing out a like a strategy. So basically when, with advertising strategy, it's a creative process. And it, it's the same with coming up with the hook for a podcast. But basically I'm bringing out a, a you know, Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. It's like, it's like that, but for strategists. So when you're sitting in a room trying to come up with a concept, an idea or a narrative, it's 99 oh, cards that the, prompt you what to do. And it's kind of free form, so you can use them however you want. I've just created 99 Actions. Oh, ah, this is so, a great product yeah.
0: that you'll eventually sell. It'll be out, out in packaging. eight weeks, yeah. yeah. So it
1: comes as a pack of cards. Like it's a really beautiful matte black artifact you can put on your desk sort of thing.
0: And then if you – could you just do it one-on-one if you just yep. want a little you bit of You do it by yourself. So. Inspiration. Oh, I yeah. like the idea so, of that.
1: Yeah. So that's, and that just came to me one day when I was sitting around. I was reading about, you know, Brian Eno and he developed a deck, you know, for pro- music producers. And I'm like, why has no one done this for strategy? And I'm like, okay, well, you know.
0: And you go and do it. And you think it's because you've now gone out on your own, you have the more confidence to go, oh, yeah, I'll to give that a go and I'll.
1: Yeah. You, you, you're so much more game. Like, you just, you just. You have confidence, you. But you've also worked a lot of stuff out. You're like, oh yeah, if I do this, I can do this because you can see a bigger picture. Yeah. I actually think you, your perspective becomes broader because you you're not you're not worried about politics. You're not worried about you know team, and that sounds terrible. You but don't like, get bogged down in yeah. all.
0: Just it's the bullshit, yeah. really, isn't it? You do, there's no time for bullshit. Yeah, you just you just, just do it, doing, and if it doesn't happen,
1: it? it doesn't happen. That's okay. Yeah, you got no one going. Oh, well, why didn't this work? You know, you're only accountable to yourself. Yeah, and exactly. it's actually really freeing to do that.
0: And have you found any challenges? Like, what have you found hard I had, about it?
1: Because every every day I wake up, something's different. Nothing's the same. The longest yeah. contract I took was eight weeks, and that was four weeks with two week gap and four weeks. But even that, every day was a different thing. I had to write a workshop every day for that engagement. Um, And I didn't know what it was going to be until the day before, so I just had to write it. But if I didn't have my routine in the morning, if I didn't go to the gym at 5.30 or 6, then my whole day was out. Like today I haven't been and I'm twitchy and I can tell I am. So I'm like, I'll go at 4pm, I'll feel better. But the fact I'm thrown out a bit really has affected me. But it took me a long time to learn that.
0: Yeah, so that – and a few people have said that on the podcast Mm. and just generally from what I've read it's having a morning routine is key Yeah, because, yeah, obviously everything's going to be different but if you have some consistency to your day, it sort of gets you in the right frame of mind.
1: And, like, I'm definitely not one of these people who's like, you know, I've got to have a workspace so work and home stay separate. Like, that's not me because, like, my phone is just my working life so I'm never really going to get away from it. But I make sure I've got time for my passion, so I make time i you know I also go on you know rent a re- rehearsal studio and play guitar or you know play with a few guys you know um in a little band or you know I'll, i will I'll just bury myself in a Netflix hole because you know I still love film at the end of the day, yeah um what was the other thing I was reminding myself that I really enjoyed that I'd forgotten um. Definitely on the beach. I never really thought about going on the beach just in the middle of the day like I do now. Like I'll just go down, jump in, jump out, and leave again. Like have it's just it. yeah, it yeah. totally
0: refreshes me. Have yeah. have a quick swim. Well, we're what's so manly yeah. now, so you could go and jump yeah, in. Yeah, I, I was thinking that on the ocean. way. I'm like,
1: why did I wear jeans today? I'll oh, just go in your box yeah. for sure. It's fine here. <laughs> Everyone's pretty relaxed. Yeah. Northern beaches.
0: <laughs> Bondi maybe not so yeah, much. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> um, and then what about um, personal development? Like have you have you had to do anything Personally, to sort of push yourself, just learn
1: accounting. To it's, it's real, account. real through zero, yeah, through zero, and just oh, work out easy, what to do. easy, I think,
0: isn't it? It's. I mean, it takes a bit of time, but I would say to everyone: use zero. Just get it's zero. Just it's just easy. I just get zero. Get a
1: good bookkeeper, good accountant that won't drive you mental. Like my yeah. first accountant has just been a nightmare.
0: And have an accountant that's creative as well. Like yeah, in a not dodgy, creative. But, yeah, who but gives a shit about your business? That, yeah, that's actually gonna. Look at you know grants for you yeah. and and like things that you can use not just mm. do your tax return. I like actually help you to grow your business. Yeah. Um, but yeah, zero is great. I used to use QuickBooks and it was not half mm. as good. So,
1: and that's the thing. And if you find like what I did was the wrong thing, I I wasn't happy with my account. I waited too long, and then I'm kind of stuck a little bit. And now I'm moving on six months later than I should have. So if you're not happy, just find another one. Yeah, <laughs> so many out there. Straight away,
0: exactly. Um, and then just wrapping up now with our final six now. you used to be no, final no, five and now it's final six. So I've changed it slightly. But it's all around the six steps to starting your own business. Mm. So we did an event recently. On, that yeah, looked great, by the way. Six. Yeah, it was really fun. Mm. It was um really good atmosphere and had a few clients off the back of it. Nice. Um, which is good. So, yeah, six steps to starting your own business. So number one is finding your why. So what would you say your... Mission is or your sense of purpose? Do you feel like you found your kind of reason for running a business? And
1: well, yeah, it the whole you're good, get better. It's a line from Mad Men, it's a great line from Mad Men. It's Don yelling at Peggy when she asked to be a copywriter. She, he's like, You're good, get better. Yeah, but um, God, why can't it? that's really embarrassing. I can't remember. You're good, get better. Now, stop asking for things, um, because it's all around. Recognizing someone's talent and making them go further, but also there's a big reality check in there that just because you're right doesn't mean you can get what you want. Yeah, and doesn't mean you have to be right to get what you want. So I was really fascinated with this organizational team and individual psychology around making people better and getting them better at what they want to do. And so I like, and that's why I suddenly ended up in this whole coaching thing, like around advertising because no one's doing it. There's no one there to help you get better at strategy or creative just weird long conferences that no one wants to go to. No, just and often you to tears. they're trying to sell something at those yeah. conferences. Yeah. So. I don't want to buy Salesforce or whatever the yeah. hell it's going to be.
0: Exactly. Um, and what fears have you overcome?
1: The salary fear. Like I was, yeah, like working for PwC and some really big organisations, they kind of hook you to, you know, a really good salary oh, drug, which is just… You know it's
0: coming oh, at the end of the month, don't you?
1: But now I'm better at managing my money than I've ever before. I don't even use a credit card anymore. Whereas before, I'd be, you know, wiping a credit card to its limit, paying it off at the end. Yeah. You know, didn't have to, I didn't even worry about savings. I'm like, I'll just take it out of my next paycheck. And so, you know, I was really nervous over December and January. I'm like, shit, what am I going to do? So, the other thing is, too, you're open to everything. So, I'm like, you know, I went and worked for my dad who owns a, um, a seafood business down in Blakehurst, just loading trucks for him, serving people at a fish and chip shop, like just doing anything just to, anything, get, of, just to yeah. get, you know, play money. You know, because you go out in Sydney, I think you get quite
0: resourceful, don't you? And I think that's what happened to me too. It's like you don't, you money will cut. Like when you need the money, you will make it somehow. Like you, I went and got my Uber
1: license. I went and did everything because you know what? When I go out on a Saturday night, it's a six hundred dollar night.
0: Oh, you you have a good good night. Yeah, you have a lot more a, fun it's, than it's I clearly do. Night.
1: but um, people are like, oh, like how could you drive Uber? Like people really, it really worried people that you know, like are things really going. But I'm like, I just don't want to spend the money I've just made, you know, the last three months on yeah Friday yeah, night just getting do wasted a few at Uber, Uber and it's yeah.
0: it's fine, isn't
1: it? And it keep it keeps you busy and it keeps you occupied and. You know, it's 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 fun to go and do something that you know most people are like. Oh, I I would never go and do that, but like driving in Uber is one of the most interesting experiences I've had.
0: With well, the people you meet, yeah, um, would be quite interesting. Just attitudes, people. who
1: people are, like the conversations people have in cars. Like if you ever gotten back in an Uber, like we all listen, like we, <laughs> really, we, we yeah. listen really. Clear. And I, you know, then you have some great experiences. Like I picked up two girls who gone through the Elton John concert, and I was just bored on that night. Like I didn't, I all the work had picked back up didn't have to worry and you know if anyone's really interested you probably um I don't know, it's not a lot. It's 20, 30 bucks an hour if you're doing it well yeah. on Saturday night, it probably goes up to 50 dollars an hour. Like it's it's good money if you're if you if you used to shift work, if you're working hospital or whatever else. But you know, c- coming out of agencies and stuff and you're charging hundreds of dollars an hour, it feels like a slog. But then, yeah. you know, I had these two great girls who got in the car for Elton John. Like, would you mind were, you know they were half pissed and then they were like, Oh, would you mind? You're like trying to sheepishly ask am like, Do you want Elton John on? Like, let's let's just <laughs> yeah. do it. And then like, we had a big sing along the whole way and they were great, they left glitter over my car but that was that was something else <laughs> but like people you know I only just took the sticker off um, my car actually because I'm I don't I've got too much work on now for the for the business but it really worried people that I was doing it and no, that was a really interesting site people
0: think and I think yeah. anyone starting out if that's gonna help you to do something you really want to do just as long as it doesn't take the focus around what you're trying to build mm. long term but it's like a stepping stone you're like well yeah why not yeah it's a little stepping stone do that like we took on jobs for australian tax office which was so boring but <laughs> we just did it to yeah. get the business started and um get a bit of money in the door so i think yeah get creative yeah. with other little jobs you can do mm. as long as it's not too too far <laughs> yeah, there's a line there <laughs> yeah um and defining your niche so you would probably say don't don't have a I'm niche, the other don't? way yeah
1: six businesses motorcycle design business coaching business advertising agency brand strategy and then um, the products and but stuff But maybe
0: like. your niche is your approach like would you say you have an a, approach for each business or like a I think an it's attitude? play to your
1: skills not necessarily your career oh, So my skills good. are fairly specific but what you can apply those to can be broad yeah. So plays what you Yeah. Got. Your niche can be your skill set, but un- and then be really creative about how your skill set applies to other things.
0: Yeah. Um building an authentic brand. So how have you how have you built your brand or you know got your message out there?
1: Um it's really been around uh, so I am I, I yeah without doing too much brand wank because I'm doing it in a really specific way where I've created a a master brand around Double Star Co, and Co stands for Custom Auto motorcycles. it stands for Communications, and I think I even bought the business name the other day, Consulting. But then every product of mine is is very tongue-in-cheek. So yeah. the strategy cards I told you about, they're called Stupid Questions and Bad Ideas because everyone says yeah, there are I no think. stupid questions, there are no bad ideas. Your Good Get Better is a reference to a very specific line of Mad Men. And then... The workshop series I run is called Strategist Anonymous because it's for people who've done strategy for too long and need a support group. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like all it. very so in it's a bit. Yeah. yeah, It's all personality yeah. driven. And it, it it my brand approach is it frames up how I interact with people so there's no you know, I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not here to tell you to change the world. I'm, I'm tact that everything's pretty, you know, pretty rough, but here's how you kinda of get through it.
0: Yeah. And how have you attracted clients or one Business. I
1: just mean I have two coffees a day with people I don't know. Just yeah. constantly have coffees with people, yeah, introduce, great. and just you know.
0: I was told three coffees a week when I started, which was I, I thought was great because it was just like mm. arrange coffees with people, and you find people are really open, even yeah. that you think they might be your competitor, <clears> but <throat> people in your industry,
1: yeah.
0: will meet you for a coffee. Like they will, yeah, yeah, they're happy to meet up and have a chat, and it just it gets you out there, gets you thinking about your business.
1: And meet other, you know, if, you, if you're just doing it yourself, meet other entrepreneurs who are, who are also by themselves. Like it's amazing how much, how much work flows through word of mouth but also just how much you can learn from each other. Yeah. Like another mate of mine just started his own agency and I went and spoke to him and he's like, oh, how are you doing with this, this and this? I'm like, good, how are you doing with this and this? And we both walked away thinking, like, that's amazing. Like you, you never get that insight when you work for a company.
0: No, people are more protective, mm. aren't they? they? They don't want to share anything. They're worried. Yeah. You're going to steal their ideas. Always. Whereas I think in the business community, like having worked at WeWork and now Whatso, they're, it's amazing. Like people just want to help you. Yep. It's a lot more supportive. Um, and finally, knowing your value. So what to charge. Uh, oh, lots yeah. of people undervalue themselves when they yeah, start. Yeah, I just told
1: someone to double their price the other day and I said, look, I'll get you a job. I spoke to her on WhatsApp. 20 minutes later I had a job where she just doubled her hourly rate.
0: And, and it worked for her. Yeah. She got. Uh, I just
1: said, I'm like, here, I just arranged this for you. And that was me speaking on your behalf. So imagine what you could do yourself.
0: Yeah, they say times it by three, which feels quite scary. But then... Uh, you, can,
1: you can do it. Times it by three and then tag a little less, probably <laughs> yeah, my yeah. advice. Like um, it's different having ran an agency. I know what agencies charge, so therefore I knew what I should charge. But you doubt yourself. You really doubt yourself because somebody ums and ahs about your price and then suddenly you drop your pants on it. Probably not the best phrase to use. <laughs> yeah. um, and instead, you should just wait. Just be patient, and the, somebody will pay the, the the value you're worth. And they're the people to invest time with, and you'll feel better at, at the end of it as well. Because yeah, you'll get you halfway feel like into it, not- yeah. You get halfway into a project where you've you've kind of taken a bath on the on your on your rate and you're you disengaged. The client oh, doesn't care. And then you
0: feel almost a bit resentful. Or you just yep. you'd feel disempowered yourself, don't you? Massively. It's but yeah, it's better not to do it. I've done it in the past, mm. and it's just you spend so much time on it, and then you feel you feel a bit dirty yeah. after, don't you? <laughs> almost. Yep. No, so, all the
1: time. And you know, recently, a couple of weeks, I'm like. Ugh. And somebody was you know trying to shortchange change you're like wait what am i doing it's okay i'm allowed to go and say no like yeah but and that's what happens when you're passionate about something you don't want to say no that's a really unusual psycho psych thing uh, psychology thing that happened to me is like i I'm like oh no i really like building a brand for somebody but it was almost i wanted to do the work and but they weren't happy with the price and then i'm like i'm going to come down on price cuz i want to do the work and then i'm like this is a no. weird feeling,
0: <laughs> yeah, and you kind of think I think as long as you both feel like you're getting a win win yeah, then that's the that's the price, and sometimes you have to bid a negotiation in between, but
1: I'll bring you batteries eighty months later, <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah,
0: thank you for that <laughs> um, brilliant, thanks so much, cha. No, I think you. we've covered there's a few other questions I was thinking about monetization and but maybe we could do like a second one
1: yeah I'm always in around. a few months, let's do that.
0: <laughs> Uh, so thanks for listening everyone if you want to turn your business dreams into reality then get in touch to find out more about our coaching and business programs we've got a few spots left on our upcoming six week start and scale your business program so email me for more info at vic at upsiders.co and if you like this episode please rate it and write a review and do subscribe so you can stay tuned for more upcoming
1: interviews with interesting people like jai thanks very much Bye.